So it was almost 20 years ago that a friend came. I was actually looking at an old house to try to purchase an old house, and a friend came by, and uh, uh, the house I was looking at was a dump. I mean, it was terrible. It was really terrible. But he came by, and he was sitting outside. He knew I was going to look at this place, and he said, follow me, follow me. So I drove over and followed him, and we pulled into another dump. So, <laughs> but it was a big, beautiful dump, this one, uh, and uh, walked through it, happened to go in, talk to the guy, and walk through it, and that ended up being the house that I bought, and now that my family lives in, huge, huge place, um, 17 rooms in it, wow. it's a big place, and... You go through and you remember all those rooms after you've had to work on every single one of those rooms, tear it all out and do everything new the way it is to get it up, to get the holes out of the wall and put walls in where there wasn't walls, things like that. Uh, It was an adventure. And I remember still the very first time I ever walked through the house, as it is with most people, when they walk through the house, And I keep bringing them around, here's another door, and here's another door. Let's go in this door, let's go to that door. And they're like, where are we? Didn't we go through? No, wait a minute, I think that's the one. Didn't I go through? No, you're not through yet. (laughs) So it is a house that for whatever reason, I don't know if the people that built it were afraid they couldn't get out, but it's filled with doors. (laughs) There are four doors in in most of my rooms in my house. Uh, They're all over the place. I have... I have over 35 doors in my house, okay? There are many, many, many of them in the house. Different size, some are skinny. i got to turn sideways, which doesn't even help sometimes. <laughs> so to get through some of them, and some of them are bigger and tall, big ones. Some are glass, some are not. I have great big sliding double doors, and I have great big ones that open up that are each five feet wide or each four or five feet wide. Um, all kinds of doors. So you think about that, we've always valued the doors in our house, they're important, and you know that the first time the winter winds blow, right? Because we had old doors on the back of our house, and old doors in the kitchen in our house, and when you came up and you walked up near the kitchen door for years, if you didn't have slippers on, you felt the breeze roll underneath you. are like, wow, that's cold under there. <laughs> Feel that cold air roll in there. So eventually, I ended up changing a few of the doors. I got rid of a door that was this tall in my house. Like, who's doing this? <laughs> I am not doing this. I do have another door that's about this tall that I kept. Uh, it looks like a full-size door, but they made it go in half. So it was a strange thing. Then the top half doesn't open. So we, we understood the value of doors that when the winter winds come, there's a value in a door that you shut it and keep those winter winds out. When the summer finally comes around, the value is open the doors. Get, the, get that nice warm air blowing through the house. Very important. But then we never really understood... Of course, uh, we did understand about doors. You you don't want guests in your house all day and all night, right? So you shut the doors and lock them at some point. But there are times when you open the door to let people in, right? 
But then we really, really got the value of doors when we had children, right? So <laughs> those of you who have had children, you know that doors on the bathrooms are fantastic. It's a good thing to have, right? And locks on the doors are great because as soon as you slip over to the door and you slide the lock in, they come up. Hey, hey, mom, dad, I need something. Like, just no. <laughs> just no. Go. Can't your sister help you do something? <laughs> There's great value in doors. And that's, that's the interesting thing about it. Now, when we went over to Norway, we visited houses, and, and uh, they had low doors. And, of course, I'm thinking scientifically, uh, you bend over in these old houses and you crawl through this hole and I'm thinking, well, of course, they have it for heat, right? Because they got fires inside, and they're trying to keep the heat in. Of course, the smoke stays in there, too. But you ask them about it, and every one of them, being a good Norwegian, says, you keep yourself ready, and when they bend down, if it's your enemy, you lop his head off before he stands up, right? That's a good Norwegian says that. <laughs> That's why you have a short door. <laughs> So there's all sorts of reasons to have doors, and we're going to talk about the doors. We've been talking about Jesus, we've been talking about his names, and we've been going through different uh, aspects of Jesus' names, and we've seen that he was uh, the light, and we've seen that he was the Lamb of God, and we've seen that he was the living water. So Jesus' names, he's the light of the world, we saw the Lamb of God, and we saw the living water. And now, uh, in case if you couldn't get, we are going to talk about Jesus being the door. So let's turn over to John chapter number 10, John chapter number 10. Verse number one, as we start out, we look right into what Jesus says. This is one of the, the names he gives himself, okay? He's a, as a name he gives himself. And we're going to look at a couple different aspects of it because he, he tells a story and then he kind of changes his tune um, and tells a little bit of extra about it. Let's go with verse number one of chapter 10 of the book of John. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. All right? So <clears throat> this is an important thing to know about the time of Jesus. And shepherds lived out... <clears throat> away from people. One thing is they were not part of regular society and they weren't really invited into where the rest of the people were. And the other thing is they had to go where their sheep could find food. And so a lot of times in the Middle East, they were going long distances. And what would happen is they'd find a spot somewhere for the night. Now at night is the time when your most dangers come up, wild animals and things like that. There are a lot of wild animals that hunt at night. So you want to protect your flock, and if there's only one of you, you've got to be careful. How do you do it? 
Well, here's how you do it, and this is how they figured it out. They built something called a sheepfold, okay? This could be made of stones. This could be made of a cliff on one side and a natural barrier on another side, and then they fill it in with stones. The idea is to, to make a pen where your sheep can be put and kept and held and keep things away from them, all right? And what they did, they didn't have actual swinging doors because this was just made of what they could find in the area. But what happened is they made a small inlet that wasn't much bigger than you or I, and the shepherd would go and sit there, okay? So the shepherd became the door. The shepherd put himself in that spot. And there was only one legitimate way in for the sheep, and one legitimate way out for the sheep or the shepherd. So if he's going to go and check his flocks, he gets them all in there and he gets them protected. And then he's going to go and check out the sheep. Okay? Anybody else who's coming in is coming in the other way. Right? They're going to try to find a way to get up over the wall or come through down a cliff or sneak in, dig underneath or whatever they need to do. But what Jesus says is only the shepherd is allowed through the door. Only the sheep go through the door and the shepherd. Everybody else doesn't come in the legitimate way. Okay? Nobody else is welcome. If you're coming to steal my sheep or to kill my sheep, you're not welcome in here. And that's why I've got my sheep protected, is to keep you away. And so if I'm the last defense and up comes a robber who's going to steal your sheep... I'm going to do something about it to try and stop you. And I've got one little narrow spot I've got to defend. Okay? And it's a pretty effective way to do it, is defend that little narrow spot. Great battles in history have been won by fighting in a little tiny spot. Uh, you don't have to have as many people, right? So the shepherd protects by becoming the door. Okay? Becoming the door. So... What are we really talking about? Well, we're talking about us being sheep, okay? We're talking about us uh, being protected by Jesus, who is the good shepherd. Now, next time, I think it is, we will talk more about the good shepherd, but this is something else in particular. We want to focus on that door, as Jesus talks about being the door. It's an important thing to know and not to pass over. All right? So I want to skip ahead a few verses, same chapter, chapter 10 of John, because I want to get to a verse where we understand what is happening. When, you, when he's protecting the sheep, why is he doing it? Well, verse number 10 of, of chapter 10 and we'll come back to the other verses, but verse number 10, as we get a little bit more information about the thief. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. All right? So if you are the thief or the robber coming in, you've got, you've got a wrong motive. Thief and the robber has a wrong motive. What do they do? 
The thief and the robber comes to steal and to kill and destroy. Kill and destroy. That's important because who is the thief and the robber? Who is that who comes to kill and steal and destroy if we're the sheep? Christ is the shepherd. Right? So Satan is coming in because he would like to kill, to steal, and destroy. And that fits right in with his personality. That is who he is. Right? He is that person. So what does he do to us? What's his method and what is Jesus protecting us from? Sometimes it's physical life and limb, right? Sometimes it is as simple as that. God protects us from that. But there is more subtlety in most of our lives that Satan works with. Much deeper, much more subtle. And a lot of times we don't even see it until it's too late and he's gone. And he stole it. He took it. He killed it. All right? So what does he do? Well, one thing Satan comes in, he comes in and Christ says, no, I want you to be joyful. And he comes and steals our joy. God does not want us to live in a place where we are not joyful. He wants us to be joyful in our lives. But Satan comes in and says, I'm going to take it. And you won't even recognize it was gone. I'll do it so slow, so easy. It'll just fit right in with your personality and you'll turn around one day and you'll, you'll finally say, what happened to me? I'm going to do it slow and easy. He comes in to steal our purity. Purity is not an event. Purity is something you battle for every day in your life. And if you've ever lost your purity in the way you think, what you look at, what you listen to, where you go, what you do with your mouth. If you've ever thought of those things, you've ever lost it, it's not one quick thing. It's a series of things over time. Stealing your purity. Stealing your thoughts. Okay? What are your minds occupied with? Whatever we fill them with. Right? If we watch a bunch of stuff or listen to a bunch of stuff online or television, things like that, that's, that's what's in there. We'll come out. And it's a subtle way to steal our thoughts. Here's another one. Here we go. Steal our time. There's a million things out there that waste our time. And there's not very many good things that... that that you can do in this life that are wonderful time savers, okay? Most time savers don't work. It's just tough. Stuff takes time. But if you fill it up with whatever you do, okay? And I'm not saying this in judgment. It's just truth. If you aren't careful, your time will be stolen away. And all of a sudden, it's gone. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy our love. Our relationships, our families, comes to destroy them, drive a wedge. We've seen that in the last 15 months, right? We've seen that happen. We've seen how easily wedges can be driven very cleverly, right? 
how things get separated, people get separated. He comes to do that. He comes to destroy our faithfulness, to kill our faithfulness. Once what? Once we easily did things and stayed faithful and did the right thing always, and then somewhere along the line we got disillusioned about what's doing, doing what's right, being faithful. It doesn't happen again in one moment. There's a series of thoughts and choices that get to that place. And he also comes to steal the truth. We've seen a lot of that. Put the truth down. Don't say the truth. Take away the truth so that nobody can hear it. So here's the subtle thing that the robber and the thief is coming to do for us, to us, as sheep. And Christ says, but I'm the door. I'm, that's the one way to go in and out. He says, and that's how what we're protecting you from, those things. To protect you from being stolen from. So, verse number 3, as we pick up in chapter 10, verse number 3. To him the porter openeth, that is to the shepherd, the rightful person. To him the porter, or the doorkeeper, openeth, and the shepherd hears his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by his name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things were which he spake unto them. So here it is. If, if Jesus is in there, the idea is this, the people that know him listen for his voice in their life, right? You hear the voice. I had a dog for many years, um, Ulysses, he was a wild old dog, uh, literally got him from the swamps, and he was a litter being raised in the swamps, and he was faithful to me at least, <laughs> maybe not to other people, but he was very faithful to me, and he knew my voice, and he knew every sound of the things that I made, or everything that I did, and when I was going to college, still living at my parents' house, I drove a car, a certain car, and it was about a mile and a half down the road, he could tell I was coming home, my parents could, because all of a sudden, he'd get up, and go to the window and start to whine, just to, and they'd say, we'd know you'd be home in four minutes, you were home. But you could hear that mile and a half down the road, he knew the sound of my engine, and he knew it was me, okay? I got rid of that car, and he learned a new engine, right? <laughs> uh, but that was the thing, is if it's your animal and you live with an animal, you, that animal becomes faithful, knows who you are, and knows, no, nope, that's not the right voice. No, nope. a hundred cars passed by. It was Route 63 he could hear me coming off of. And how many passed by in an hour? Oh, lots and lots of them there. But he knew when that was my engine, and he had that good a hearing, which is incredible, if we could only hear that good when Jesus spoke to us. 
if we were listening that close to what Christ had for us in our life, boy, we'd be better off if we were just that tuned in. It's important to listen. And it's important to know when things aren't true, when things aren't right, and the things we shouldn't be doing, nah, that's not his voice. Let's hear something else. Let's listen for the right one. Okay, That's one piece of, of the sheep and the door Okay, as they pass through the door. Now, pick up in verse number 7. As he sort of changes his tune. Now, he hasn't said at this point. I've, I've said it many times because it fits in the story. But verse number 7. Then Jesus said unto them... Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. All right? I am the door. There's no other way in. There's no other way out. There's no other protection in this world. And if you go looking for it anywhere else, you may think you found it, but you won't. You'll be sorely disappointed if you do not go to Christ. That doesn't mean go to me. That doesn't mean go to a pastor. That means Christ. Right? And only teachers and pastors and leaders are only good if they lead you to Christ. And that's it. That's the only good ones to look for. Because you're saying, listen to his voice. Don't listen to mine. Listen to his voice. Go to that scripture. Go to the Bible. Pray and look for what he wants you to do. Okay? That's what a good leader will do is say, listen for his voice, not for me. Okay? So he is the door. He has the protection. Now Jesus has be- himself says, I am here. I'm right here. I'm standing in the midst of the danger, standing in front of the danger, and I protect you. Now the idea of this door, right, it's very simple. We all know what a door does. Right? Keeps the people, the unwanted people out, the unwanted weather out, those types of things. The danger outside. That's why we have doors on our house. We all use them every day. Okay? And Jesus says, but I am now the door. Now, as we got along in history, we remember when the, uh, when the Israelites were in Egypt. What did they do? They painted blood over the door of their house. Specific instructions from God. Paint the blood of the lamb over the door. Do not step outside your house. Why? Well, because the death angel was coming over. There was a plague, and the only safe side of the door was inside that door. And that is the same for us. It was a picture you know, that ties together with Jesus saying... Don't cross on the outside of this door for any other protection except me. I'm the one that can save you. Don't think you got it on your own. I'm the one that can save you. So there is that picture of protection and going in and being safe there. But there's something else that is fascinating to me because he's not done. Okay? He's not done. There's one more verse that we look at, verse number 9. Salvation, of course, is going through the door, right? You're, you're on the safe side of the door. We sing about that, one door and only one. The kids sing about that. And yet it's sides are two, I'm on the inside. And which side are you? That's the song about the door, and we try to teach that concept. But a door, like we talked about, is not just 
safety and security. There's more to a door. Okay, so let's look at verse number nine. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So we got that part. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Okay, so here's an important part of the door that you could pass over. This is an important part that affects our life. Salvation is that key beginning, okay? But there's more to the door. The shepherd doesn't just keep his sheep all in the fold forever, okay? He takes them out through the door, and he takes them to pastures. And then he puts them back in for danger. And then he takes them out. And this is a daily thing where he's in and out. And he's constantly protecting them when they need protection and then bringing them out to feed them and water them and give them all that they need. And so it is a picture of not just saying, well, you're in, you stay in. There are Christians who think, if I go in and I hide and I protect myself and I'm all done, I'm a Christian, I'm all set. That's not what God says, right? Go out. You now go out. I'm going to take you out there. And guess what? You're going to go out. You're going to get a little beat up by the world. And you're going to want to go back in. (laughs) And God says, you come in. And I'll protect you. And I'll save you. And I'll show you something else. And then go back out. But come back in. This is what God is doing, is he is saying, you're going to have to go out in this world. You're going to have to pass in and out in this world, and you're going to have to learn every time you're with me about things. And so, this is a daily experience, and how do we experience God? Well, we come in and we go to the safety of his fold when we kneel down to pray, or when we listen to uh, The Bible, read the Bible. That's in the safety of his fold. Or when we come to church, we spend time with godly people. Okay? Those are all things where we begin to see the protection of God in our lives. Protection from stealing our joy, our purity, our faithfulness, our truth, our thoughts, our time, our love, our family, our relationships. Because God is saying, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to make sure that nothing touches you. But you keep coming back. You keep coming back to me. And know my voice. Listen to me. Come back to me. I'm inside the fold. I'm safe. i got to go back out. i got to go back out and eat now. i got to go back out and, and do the things I do in life. All right? In order to survive, I keep going back out. But you come back in the fold. And so it's a picture. In and out. In and out. That's what we do as healthy sheep. We go in and we go out. We go in and we go out. And we come back and we learn how to live our lives. That's what we do in church. You go out in the week. And man, Monday's always just a wonderful day, isn't it? Monday's so great. You get up and say, yes, it's Monday. I get to go to work today. It's awesome. And you come home from Monday thinking, wow, that was fabulous. I can't wait for Tuesday. Right? (laughs) 
I know your smiles mean yes, you do. So the idea is you keep coming back for more because it just drains you, right? It drains you when you go out and you're with your family trying to do the right thing. You're with your coworkers. You're with your boss trying to do the right thing. You're trying to make sure you have a good attitude, things like that. It just seems like it just drains you out, right? So as you do this, you learn to come back to the shepherd and say, I'm listening for what you want, and you go back and you learn a little more. You say, I, I don't want to do that again that same way. How can I get this from you, God? Just a little bit more. I just know, I need to know a little bit more. In and out of the door, and God is constantly, Jesus is constantly protecting us, constantly putting us in, in ways where we don't know, protecting us from those things and giving us new thoughts about this, right? Saying, I want to give you love in your life. Because what was, we, we've focused on what Satan does, right? But the second half of the verse, of verse 10 says, I am come, or the shepherd has come, that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Life more <coughs> abundantly. God never wanted you to hide away and shrivel up as a Christian. He wanted you to come out as delicate as you might be, as flower-like as you might be with your life. It's no good if you sit there as a bud. You come out and you give your all. All right? Until you're used up. You give everything you've got in this life until you're used up. And that was how God says, look at that beauty right there. Look at that one right there. Look at that one right there. That's mine. Look at how he shines, how she shines for me. Look at what they are. All right? And he helps you become that and, and blossom into what you're supposed to be. Have abundant life. All right? You see big trees or big flowering trees. We're looking at our lilac bushes this morning. Just loaded, loaded with these blossoms and smell and fragrance. And what an experience to be there. That should be us for other people around us. The experience as we have life abundantly, just spread out the people. Do your best to give of yourself for those people around. You say, well, I don't have much energy left, and I don't have much... Well, that's why God says, come back in the fold. Protect you, give you a little more energy, and send you back out. And I'll be with you every step of the way. When he talked about being the shepherd, and you will look more into this next week... But when he talked about being the shepherd, notice he says, I go and the sheep follow. So he's not pushing you away from him. He's saying, come on with me. And that's the way that Jesus treats us. Protection from the door. We know his voice. He sends us out and he comes with us, walks right in to us. And then says, come on back. Come on back in the protection of the fold. All right. So we learn these things from Jesus being the door. He puts himself in the place to protect us and also gives us the ability to pass in and out, continually learning things about who we are, how we can blossom better, that we might have life more abundantly. Uh, before you go, there are some more carnations. Make sure you take them all. Uh, those folks who are out there, uh, thank you very much. Have a great day.